You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the program. It's Locked On Cardinals. Brought to you by our friends over at Peacock and Williamson, some of the most dialed-in football minds you'll find on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Of course, Brian Peacock, Lockdown 49ers, and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, they host Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday, just like Alex and myself. Brian, Matt, they'll give you a national perspective all around the league, covering the latest news, insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. I wonder if they're talking about Kyler Murray and his comments on baseball. We're talking about that today. But get your picks, your previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson's The Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is an exciting day because we've got uh, not only Alex Clancy in the fold each and every day, we've got myself, Bo Brock. We have Johnny Venerable from Revenge of the Birds. He's going to join us every Friday to talk some Redbirds. Johnny, thanks for joining us, man. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Excited to do this. I I, I didn't think we were going to have to deal with more Kyler Murray baseball talk. I yesterday, I mean, here Alex and I were talking breaking down Bronny James. Surprisingly, <laughs> a guy that snuck into my Twitter feed. I, I didn't I didn't recognize one of the greatest basketball players of all time, son, in his e gaming uniform. And then I thought it was, he was just praising Kyler Murray. Boy, was I wrong. So we had that conversation yesterday, and then today, as we wrap up mini camp. We had uh, Kyler Murray just kind of throw a little gasoline on the baseball fire yesterday. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I think that right now it's it's everything but football, and I think that's what <laughs> frustrates some fans. Um, I think it would be different if Kyler and the Cardinals had just come off a you know postseason run, had some success, uh, winning season, not as many questions surrounding this team, and yet. I think where some of the animosity lies from some some of the fan base, not myself, but others, is that this is a team that kind of fluttered down the stretch, did flutter down the stretch. Uh, Kyler's best football was in the first half of the season. Um, Was it as productive? Uh, He's looking at a potential monster extension. Michael Bidwell is going to pay him generational wealth, uh, $100 plus million, maybe $200 million, uh, when they have those contract discussions, if they haven't already had them. Uh, and yet, you know, he's talking about playing baseball. He, this is the second time this offseason. Uh, if you remember during the Super Bowl, uh, all that media hoopla he had mentioned on, on a couple different platforms, including Pat McAfee, that he'd like to play baseball again. And I think that it's it's difficult. And I don't the gaming stuff that that is what it is. I would rather Kyler be into that. And it's clearly he plays with a lot of his teammates. I'd rather him be into that than going out and being at a bar late and clubbing all the time. I mean, if that's what he wants to do in his free time, I have no, right. I have no qualms about that. But the baseball thing is just interesting because, you know, you think about the Cardinals have never had a young franchise quarterback. They've never drafted and developed anybody that's had, you know, a stretch run of seven to 10 years with the organization that they've been able to hang their hat on. Even not a guy who who's a Super Bowl quarterback, but just a franchise quarterback. They finally have one now. And he still teases the, the notion that he's going to go play another sport. And while I, I don't ever believe it's truly going to happen, I do think that with he and maybe his agent as well, it's a leverage play, not necessarily for more money. But now we're, we're watching with some of these young dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL, Deshaun Watson before all the allegations, Russell Wilson earlier this offseason, that I think Kyler's leaving his options open so that when 
if and when things go south this year and in the next offseason, he's going to want to be involved in potentially the, the the new head coaching search, if they were to pivot off of Cliff Kingsbury, personnel decisions. I think he wants to be thought of as a thought partner in the organization, and I really do believe he uses this baseball kind of tease within the media and the Cardinal organization as, hey, just a reminder, guys, I was a top 10 pick for the Oakland A's. I could go and play baseball if I wanted to. Right now I'm committed to football, but I'd love to do both. And I also just think he has respect for the game of baseball and maybe feels like, you know, he has to do, you know, it's some justice by by teasing it every now and then that he could go play back because he loves it. It was his first love. But I, I really do think it's a leverage play by Kyler. I mean, I maybe uh, I think Kyler's living like there is no social media and that's that's good. He's doing what he wants when he wants. And if he can make a boatload of money playing video games, what he loves to do. Good for him. I kind of see it as baseball was the girl or guy next door. That was the, you know, the high school girlfriend, high school boyfriend that, you know, they grew up together. And then the trophy wife, trophy husband came along with football was like, peace out. Like, that's it. So you're talking mistress football here. Made, you're talking a mistress, not no, just no. like. I don't think so. I mean, I think that it was at the time was like, this is the best option. If I can go number one, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, do you remember when he said he was going to play baseball and he wasn't going to play football? That happened until about the second quarter of the college football playoff <laughs> when he went bonkers against Alabama yeah. and they were already down three scores. So it didn't matter. Like what Kyler Murray has done, I think supersedes maybe what he thought would happen when he was transferring in college. And now he's made it to the NFL, but he's looking back like, well, she knows me really well. Baseball knows me really well. And I know that I'd be good at baseball too. These are first world of first world problems to have. And Johnny, you may be right, but I don't think it's that deep yet. I think he's just saying what he thinks all the time and good for the kid. You know, I don't think that this is an issue. Football will never come in second. I don't think. I mean, this is uh, this is one of those things where, realistically, he hasn't played since he played really for Oklahoma. He played college baseball, so there is uh, he's going to have to take his lumps just like he has so far in the NFL, and he's not going to be able to do it. The luxury of uh, you know a lot of guaranteed dollars that the quarterback position is getting. I mean, baseball players make a ton of money, no doubt about it, but they're not going to make starting quarterback, franchise quarterback money like Johnny said. Like he's going to make upwards of forty million dollars per year. And he's gonna he's gonna say he's gonna forego that to ride a bus in the minor leagues. He's gonna play in some of these minor league uh, cities and stuff like that. He's gonna play in front of twenty five hundred people. He's gonna go zero for four with three strikeouts. Is he gonna want to do that? I I don't think so. I mean, it's not. I think what he means when the opportunity comes up, he's gonna look for like the perfect opportunity. Is somebody gonna offer me? Are are the Oakland A's gonna bring me back and let me start in center field? That opportunity likely doesn't exist. I don't think either either side of this has that that ideal opportunity that's going to work out and pull him away from the Cardinals. Right. Yeah. yeah and I, real quick, real quick. This isn't like a Drew Henson situation where it's like I'm just going to go play a bunch of sports. I'll be a backup quarterback. I'll go play. What do you play for the Blue Jays? Like it's not. It is the number one most important sports position on the planet. He played for the I mean, Yankees, the United by the way. States. He played for the Yankees, but he was baseball oh, he first. Yeah, he was baseball first, and when he was when he kind of just puttered out, he came back to football, which is a little bit easier because the college ranks is more like the minor league system. Yeah, and there's no pressure. There was no pressure for him to succeed it either. 
I, I think the only way it could ever conceivably happen outside of Kyler you know, retiring and, and trying to play in his late 30s, if he has a, a long, illustrious career as an NFL quarterback, is if he could do the Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, not gimmick, but that comes with endorsements in and of itself. It yeah. brings your, your status as a legendary athlete to the next level. The Oakland A's would have to, in my opinion, let's say he stays with the Cardinals, he signs an extension, but he still teases baseball. The The Diamondbacks would have to somehow acquire his rights. They would have to be a middling team or a below average team like they are now. <laughs> and it would clearly have to be for spectacle where he could come and immediately be on the roster. Mm-hmm. Sports Center would do live look-ins for all of his at-bats. He would be a starter. The Diamondback, if he, if he signs an extension with the Cardinals – it would have to be the Diamondbacks because of the proximity. He couldn't be flying back and forth from from California to Arizona, especially during the off season when they're w- working through things like OTA and mini camps. He'd have to be within the valley, and he'd ha- it'd have to be the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks would have to be where they're at, kind of right now. They'd have to be bottoming out. They'd have to be looking for ticket sales. It's a new regime, trying to get people excited. That's the only way I think it could work. And I'm not completely dismissing it, but I, I think you're right, Bo. You're going to make forty plus million dollars. And you're, you're going to get, unlike what Deshaun Watson didn't get in Houston, where he wanted to say on, you know, the OC and the new head coach, maybe he didn't understand why they traded DeAndre Hopkins. The, the organization, whether Steve Kime is here or not, you're Cliff Kingsbury, Michael Bidwell, barring an unforeseen season from Kyler Murray in which he just plateaus, it will be the Michael Bidwell, Kyler Murray show. And he will get to do and say just about anything he wants like he has right now. Because the Cardinals historically don't have the kind of gravitas that like a Pittsburgh or a Green Bay or a New England has where the brand is bigger than said player. I think we're going to get to a point where Kyler Murray, the brand, could be bigger than the Arizona Cardinals. And Michael Bidwell is going to have to juggle that. And so I do think he's going to be involved in a lot of different kind of aspects within the organization. And that might be what it takes to get him to commit to the Cardinals long term. The only thing is, like on the flip side of this, is baseball needs Kyler Murray. I would like, agree. If they with have that. the opportunity, sure. if they have the opportunity to get Kyler Murray somehow, and you're right, it's not going to be an Oakland A's thing. Who knows if the A's are going to be a team in two years right. with how things are going? Like the Diamondbacks being able to drive 15 minutes between stadiums, like if that could happen, you're right, nailed it. ESPN would be all like Kyler Murray, and you're right, they would have to give him the. Here's a front of the line Disneyland pass. Yep. Fast pass. You have to have your fast pass. Yeah. And it would be for free. I mean, because you, you know, but it's, it's fascinating to think about, but all in all, unless he doesn't want to get hit anymore, which is a thing, you know, he doesn't like getting hit. Like who would, but I mean, he, he goes down. Like if he doesn't, he's like, I don't want to get taken hit, take hits from 260 pound linemen anymore. I'm going to go play baseball. I mean, just something in the back of the mind. It would have to be after a second contract's done, the Andrew Luck kind of deal where he's in his early 30s, and he's like, that's good. I'm done. I'm done with football. (laughs) And again, I I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But I think you're right, uh, Clancy. I think that if if he did walk away, it would be because he doesn't want to get his his brains beat in anymore. And let's hope that uh, Michael Bidwell doesn't offer to fly him to his games. I know we we all know you you have your pilot's license. You can fly. We, we get, get it. Yeah, we yeah. get it at this point. Uh, one thing to look at. Hopefully the the A's don't move to Vegas because that's closer proximity as well. That doesn't yep. uh, maybe intrigue him a little bit more. But the uh, Kyler Murray baseball conversation opened back up. But look, reporters are going to ask the question. They're going to ask it every chance they can get. 
and Kyler Murray's got to answer it. And we've seen so far, he hasn't been the best. Dating back to his first interview pre-draft with Dan Patrick at the Super Bowl, it's been uh, he hasn't exactly given us the answer that we want to hear as far as a fan base that uh, is heavily invested in Kyler Murray being a franchise quarterback. Let's get into the conversation about the team. They wrapped up minicamp yesterday from Tempe. Uh, some position, position battles that we're going to look forward to, plus uh, Zaven Collins. How's everybody feel about Zaven Collins? I feel like he's uh, integrated himself very well. He's been a, a great first-round pick for the Cardinals, wearing some shorts and off the field, uh, playing around with J.J. Watt. We'll get into that conversation. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. The Phoenix Suns have been rolling one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road tonight in Denver. Who do you like? BetOnline.ag. It's the safest, fastest way to bet on your sports action. Also, baseball season in full swing. I don't know if you feel safe betting on the Diamondbacks or betting against the D-backs. Could be the best bet. Get all your latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL playoffs, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as your team makes its run in the playoffs. Head to the website. Use your cell. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put in 100 bucks, you get 50 free dollars to build your stack. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we're just going to put the uh, we just kind of put a bow on that uh, Kyler Murray conversation. Baseball. We'll come back to it once it's back in the headlines once again. But the Arizona Cardinals they did wrap up mini camp yesterday. Um, you know, it was nice to just see the players get on the field. I thought it was just kind of great. And, and Alex brought this up. Johnny, uh, was it earlier this week, Alex, or late last week, where? Just the leadership qualities of J.J. Watt were just, uh, they almost transcend, they did transcend the playing field. And this, there's a different kind of camaraderie than we've seen in this locker room. And uh, I don't know if it's a true indictment on Patrick Peterson, but Alex basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, that, you know, J.J. Watt's leadership is far and away better than what P2 ever brought. But I think it's it's more so, we haven't seen this type of vocal leadership in this locker room yeah. for a long time. Or in Arizona or in Arizona sports for that matter for the last 20 years. Yeah, I think he a lot of people hope that JJ's presence will do the same for what Chris Paul is doing for the Phoenix Suns yeah. and and I would agree to that to a point. Um JJ has to be healthy. He has to play 14 to 16 games. He has to play at a high level. Um but I think everything is as advertised uh, leading up to the season. I, there are people in the media that question his genuine sincerity when it comes to this, whether it's a media creation, a hype machine. Listen, when yeah. I watched him in Houston for a decade plus, I mean, he, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's he's arguably with, with Darren Donald, one of the greatest defensive players of, of my generation. And so to bring him on board, he's integrated himself within the community. Everything he's done with Pat Tillman in, in a short time, they just had a charity shoe that, that sold out in minutes. Um, and again, now he is that glue within the front seven that they've not had since I'd argue Carlos Dansby, uh, Darnell Dockett, Calais Campbell, that presence that they've they've lacked, been lacking up front. And, you know, they, he's turned that five technique position from a, a significant weakness into potentially one of the strongest units on the team. And you think about, OK, if he plays up to his capabilities, what that will do for somebody like Zach Allen and his development. You just mentioned Xavier Collins knowing how to be a professional 
and you know Isaiah Simmons in year two. I, I think that you could argue the signing could pay dividends just as much for other players as it could for just JJ in general. So I'm excited if he's healthy. I think it's a slam dunk signing, and it's only for two years. So you, you'd be able to pivot if the injury started to creep up again. But I, I, I think that that is, you know, you look at when that signing took place well before free agency because he was released, outright released from Houston. And it's really kind of flown under the radar. And you look at if he were to go, had gone to a Green Bay or maybe the L.A. Rams or somebody like that who a lot of people think that are national contenders, right, for a Super Bowl, I think the story would be getting much more play. But because it was Arizona, it was so early in the offseason, a lot of people have kind of forgotten about it, cast it aside, and he really could be the X factor for a team that fell apart defensively last year in that Week 16 game. I keep going back to that game in Arizona where San Francisco was staying in Arizona. They had nothing to play for. The Cardinals win that game. They're in the postseason for the first time since 2015. And they just laid an absolute egg on both sides of the ball. But it was the defensive line that was embarrassed by Jeff Wilson going for a buck 80 on the ground. Robert Sala embarrassed Cliff Kingsbury. Those are the kind of games where somebody like J.J. Watt and then Rodney Hudson on the other side of the line of scrimmage can separate themselves and elevate this team. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them in the postseason because everybody in the NFC West also made improvements, but I think the Cardinals hedged their bet in the right kind of veterans this offseason led by J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, and it's not – this is just the first name that comes to mind. This isn't because of, you know, what basketball team I'm a fan of. It's it's a lesser version of kind of a LeBron James effect where it's like family right away. Yeah. And this is LeBron learned this later. He wasn't always like this, n- not even close. But you see on the Lakers bench during the playoffs, it's just it's a family atmosphere. And that's something that a true glue guy, and I hate that cliche, uh, really brings to it. And it JJ Watt, listen. It's part of being a professional athlete, what he's doing. Maybe it's, a lot of that is media play. I'll tell you what, the Pat Tillman stuff isn't. You know, all the charity yeah. stuff that he's done, what he did for Houston yep. blew the roof off what players did for charitable donations during natural disasters and things like that. You know, that's not to say that Patrick Peterson, Calais Campbell, Bruce Arians didn't do that for this organization, but they were organically brought up in this organization. J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt has instilled himself immediately as a guy who it seems like he's been here for a decade and not any, but not everybody can do that. And that shouldn't be overblown. Now, will this play on the field translate? We have no idea what the hell is going to happen, but what we do know is he's checked every single box up to this point and gone above and beyond what a guy who's made all the money, who's had all the fame, who's made the playoffs going to an organization that hasn't really done that aside from the BA years and embraced it as his own. You got to give the dude props for it, regardless of what comes when football starts. I think there are a lot. I mean, yeah, there there are a lot of people that are quick to call people sellouts. It's just an easy thing. It's a, it's, but at this when you when you look at it and you look at the amount of money that he's raised for that community for the uh, Hurricane Harvey, which was an unbelievable thirty seven million. And there are still people that yeah. came at him. There are still people that came at him. I mean, you're just not going to make people happy because people are unhappy and there's a lot of trolls out there and they're just going to look to try to... When you, when you try to make yourself as marketable as J.J. Watt, you are going to come out, come off as gooberish sometimes or disingenuous. And that's yep. fine. You know, sometimes you just got... And J.J. Watt, I'm sure, is fine with him. He can look at himself before he goes to bed in the mirror and say, okay, I've done a lot of good things. Sure, you know, am I myself? Am I, you know, just 100% organic J.J. Watt? Probably not. I mean, we see how that's playing out with Kyler Murray. We just had a 12-minute conversation about somebody who's pretty much himself 
And it there's it's not as it's transparent. Yeah, I might want to play baseball, and it riles up the fan base instead of being that rah rah kind of guy like JJ Watt that's gonna you know do some things, be a little disingenuous, but to kind of rile up the troops and say that he's 110 percent bought in. And some people are just gonna take that as you know disingenuous, inorganic, whatever you might want, or fake. That's fine. You have to kind of have you know fall on that sword, and it's a fine sword to fall on. Yeah, by the way, Russell Wilson could be the most oh, yeah. disingenuous quarterback oh. in the NFL, <laughs> demanding a trade this offseason, yeah. listing teams, and then you came out in the media and kind of dismissed that. I never wanted to leave. So, and, and Russell's beloved, and he's a tremendous player, and I don't think most people question his sincerity. Um, but it, it's just funny how— Unfortunate uh, frustrations. That's what he yeah. called it. Ugh, what yeah. a goober. Yeah, so, I mean, it's— a, if their play backs it up on the field, a lot of this is just kind of white noise. I think JJ's an easy target recently because he's been hurt. His play has been kind of overshadowed by, you know, the dysfunction in Houston, the fact that he was released and he had a kind of a little bit of a tour, a little bit of a, a recruiting pitch in February. I know a lot of the media members didn't love that. And then I, I know that a lot of people dismissed the signing in Arizona as a money grab. They, yeah. they believe that he took money over winning or culture or going back to Wisconsin where he played collegiately. Uh, I think that that rubbed people the wrong way. But I also think that, you know, he hears the Reggie White comps from a player that pivoting from Philadelphia to Green Bay and this time pivoting from Houston to Arizona and potentially elevating kind of a, a middling franchise. The Packers hadn't won a Super Bowl and, and Reggie White comes in and immediately makes them a contender for the next couple of years. I don't know if JJ is going to have that kind of presence when the with the Cardinals. But listen, at the end of the day, the Cardinals have you could argue more talent defensively now than offensively. And you you talk about what's the missing kind of X factor? They've got a coordinator that's entering year three. They've got two first round inside linebackers. They've got a twenty plus sack man returning on the outside. They've got quality depth now up front on the defensive line. I think they'll be fine in, in the secondary. They've got an all-pro safety. They've got some some nice depth now at corner with, with a couple of these late signings. Jalen Thompson's back. It really needs a glue guy. And I think that even if you're getting 75% of the greatness of J.J. Watt from Houston, that'll be enough to, to elevate this defense maybe to top 10 status. Yeah, and quickly, like when people bring up the name Edrin James – they immediately tie it to Emmett Smith, which isn't fair. Edron James had two over thousand yard receiver uh, rushing years his first two years here. That's more what we're looking at with JJ Watt. You know, guys that a little bit older, but a guy that's still going to be able to make an impact on the field. He's going to join us every Friday, Johnny Venerable from Revenge of the Birds. Thanks for joining us this Friday, Johnny. We'll talk Thanks, to man. you next week. Alex and I are going to roll on. We're going to look at a couple position battles that uh, are brewing before training camp. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. It's Locked On Cardinals. You ever miss the days where you could just punish a candy bar guilt-free? Well, now you can. Your favorite new candy bar, it's a protein bar. It's Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. Bar none. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor if you are a Built Bar connoisseur like myself? Because there are nine delicious flavors with your occasional limited time flavor but you can always rely upon coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate or salted caramel there's something for everyone my favorite one of course the salted caramel i like to get a mix box where i get three different flavors 18 bars it's fantastic not only the bars 
the best tasting. They're healthy, too. Most flavors have 17 grams of muscle-packing protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to the website, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Locked on Cardinals rolls on here. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. I was just fighting Johnny to uh, to take him off the it screen. Was me. Yeah, was it? Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's both of us. And regardless, so he's going to join us every Friday, and that was a it was a fun start to it. A lot to talk about. So we're a little bit late here going into the final segment of the podcast. It's been a fun week of podcasts. I, I highly recommend checking out what we've been talking about earlier this week: the Patrick Peterson, JJ Watt leadership uh, just debate. Um, we talked a little bit about Chase Edmonds v. James Conner yesterday. That was a good one at the end of the show. Um, we, that was our, our third down Thursday was something that, um, who was it, Kyle Odegaard of azcardinals.com wrote about uh, yesterday with Kyler Murray and how the Arizona Cardinals cannot rely upon Kyler running the football for success, which... I just I disagree with that. I mean, when you draft Kyler Murray, that one of his his main weapons is his legs. We saw it when the Cardinals were successful last year. Now, you know, obviously you don't want to put him in harm's way, but you've got to put him in a position to be successful. That's got to be your game plan. You can't just be like, well, we're going to convert him to a drop back passer. And I and I doubt that Kyle's saying that. But I I, I don't know where you stand, Alex. We did kind of have the throwdown yesterday. But to completely kind of clip his wings a little bit, that's what I feel like it is. See, it's different. The, the, the definition of all of this needs to really be um, slimmed down into what people exactly mean. Because I agree. I mean, it's all about nuance with this. What I was saying yesterday was you can't rely upon Kyler Murray's legs if you want to win. And I think that's what, that, that's what Kyle was saying as well. It's situational. But it's not if Kyler doesn't rush for this amount of yards or score a touchdown, the Cardinals don't win. It can't be that. It has to be out of like scrambling, like what Russell Wilson does is a perfect example. If you can move Kyler from running the way he does to how Russell Wilson does chunk yards when, you know, when coverage is good downfield and he has the timing down after a couple years of being under center or in shotgun for, you know, an NFL franchise, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not. So, so the two sides of the spectrum is Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. You take out Patrick Mahomes, you take out Aaron Rodgers because they very rarely run the ball, and when they do, they get chunk yards because nobody's really expecting them to run. You don't want it to be Lamar Jackson, which it isn't. You don't, and you want it to be Russell Wilson, which it, he hasn't graduated to that yet. I you just, see what I'm saying? You see the difference? I, I understand, but here's the difference between Kyler and Russell Wilson, and there are a lot of similarities, no doubt about it. Size, arm strength, you know, leadership, they both play baseball, all, that, all those things, right? But... Russell Wilson's a good runner. Kyler Murray's a great runner. He's a great runner. He's a true weapon. And to have, like, if you want to have everything out on the table, his ability to run the football, and we saw it in the red zone especially, it was lethal. And I just think, and I'm not saying, I don't think that the Arizona Cardinals are going there. I don't think Kyle Odegaard, I don't think you are within that thought process. If you can get a you know a good look at RPO, and, and there are those options, and he can get, you know, elusively to the end zone unscathed I think you'll sign up for that as well so yeah. it's just it's it, look that's the that's the risk you take especially with a you know a, a non-traditional putting it the nice way 
size quarterback. And Kyler Murray, you you, you have to. Uh, there are some calculated risks that you have to take, and then there's some that you just say, okay, we can't put him in harm's way. And I get that. Agreed. Agreed. And, and also that's, the development of the pass of his passing game. That's yeah, important. No, I mean the circumstances. Of course, the RPO around inside the ten yard line has been absolutely. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying just don't let him on the other side of the line of scrimmage. I'm saying, look at what happened last year. You can't use Kyler Murray's legs to bail out Cliff Kingsbury's play calling. You can't rely on that. That's all. If it happens organically, who cares? Sure. Run the hell out of the ball, kid. You can get hurt behind the line of scrimmage like you can in front of it. So that's not – we've evolved from that conversation. Like, oh, he's too small. He's going to get hurt if he runs the ball. The dude knows where the defenders are. We didn't see him get blindsided once by a defender when he was running the ball last year. Yeah. So I completely understand that. And I always go to the Ladalian Tomlinson argument. He withstood the test of time with all the touches he got in San Diego because he would run out of bounds or not take not get the extra two yards. He got a lot of crap for it, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So can you really can you really argue with that? With Kyler, he has that in him. I just don't want his legs to bail out bad play calling. And that's what they got in the first half of the year. And as you mentioned, Cliff Kingsbury tried to play the hits in the second half, and all the defensive quarters are like, no way, bro. Yeah. This isn't Texas Tech. Right. We know exactly what you're going to do, and we know exactly what safety valve you have, which is the you know below the hips of Kyler Murray. Right. Like it's, we're not going to we're not going to let that slide anymore. That's what needs to change. It was like the Arizona Cardinals at the second half of last year were playing with their turn signal on. Like we knew opposing <laughs> defenses just knew which direction they were going. It, but um, yeah. real quick, and, and I'll just set it up this way: I feel like RB one, CB two. Right guard and wide receiver probably could it be a position battle for two, maybe three. I think those are some of the key position battles that we're going to be looking at come training camp. Anything else you want to add to that as far as did I miss any? No, I mean, right guard, I think, is the most solid one. I know we got to get out of here. It's Coven Beecham. Um, CB2 is going to be very interesting, of course. Yeah. RB1, I think that they're going to force Chase Edmonds into it, and we'll see what happens. But wide receiver two is going to be such a fun and sexy <laughs> conversation to have with the young buck who hasn't played, who has been injured the last two years, Rondell Moore. We saw some video of him get, catching passes from uh, Kyler Murray. And if A.J. Green, my heart roots <laughs> for A.J. Green to have a thousand yard seat, like have it seven or eight hundred yard receiving season, five or six touchdowns, and root truly be an integral part of this offense. I want that. 25 year old me wants that, watching him <laughs> in Georgia, and then the rest of my life watching him in Cincinnati from afar. I want number 18. He's wearing 18, right? I'm yep. assuming. Yes. For the Cardinals to thrive with Kyler Murray. 6'4, six, 6'1, six, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side with DeAndre Hopkins. Pedigree, Rondo Moore being the burner. I'm so excited for this wide receiving core. This going to be some fun conversations. Plus, we're going to revisit the drafting of Zayvon Collins next week. But the position battles, we'll start to break it down. We'll start to look at the Arizona Cardinals position groups versus the rest of the division. We've got a lot of great content headed your way. Plus, YouTube. We are going to kick off YouTube. Go subscribe now. You can find a link on our Twitter account. Alex has a tweet out right now at Clancy's Corner. Just follow the link. It'll take you to our YouTube page. Subscribe it so as soon as we go live or as soon as there's the first piece of content on there, you won't miss out because you don't want to miss out. It's going to be great. 
onward and upward with this podcast. It's fun. Uh, Alex does a great job. I feel like I do a good job. It's nice to add some fr- some guys like Johnny Venerable to the mix, Cam Cox, Josh Weinfuss, our guy uh, Ryan Cody. So many great uh, Cardinals talkers that we're going to have on this podcast going forward, and we've had on so far. Uh, and thank you to everybody who tunes in, follows us on social media, you know, listens to our podcast, subscribes on Apple Podcasts. It's uh, we're just uh, unbelievable grateful to all of you yeah and it was just getting started baby that's right like this youtube thing we're starting monday it's going up monday you're going to get our throat on thursdays separated you're going to get the full shows to watch live bo and i are still going to do it live because what's better than having organic conversation with a couple talking points i'd rather do that than have an edited thing for you to watch right um it's gonna be fun we're gonna be fun we're gonna be out there like we always are when we say something stupid we can't hide we can't hide from it we're not going to do that to you it's not going to change but uh, it's gonna look it's gonna look nicer somehow. They're gonna dress us up, and uh, it's gonna be great. You guys have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday on YouTube, and of course wherever you find podcasts. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast.